0: Good afternoon, everybody. Thank you for that wonderfully warm welcome. My name is Clemency Burton-Hill. I'm a BBC broadcaster and author, and I am delighted to be your host for this national theatre platform on the stupendous NT revival of Stephen Sondheim's Follies, and to be joined by these two wonderful ladies, who are, of course, two of the stars of the cast, Dame Josephine Barstow and Tracy Bennett. like we could just carry on for the next hour just applauding you. wonderful lobbies. Um, <laughs> We've got lots to cover, though. I'm sure, uh, as you are all aware, Josephine, for the last 50 odd years, has been one of the UK's most esteemed opera singers, dazzling audiences in music by the likes of Strauss, Wagner, Janacek, Puccini, Verdi, and even some contemporary composers, too, such as Penderecki. Uh, Tracy is a very familiar presence on the London stage and elsewhere, having originated the roles of Laura Henderson in Mrs Henderson Presents and Judy Garland in End of the Rainbow. Among many other accolades, she's won Olivier Awards for her performances in She Loves Me and Hairspray. So a very warm welcome to you both. Welcome to you, the audience. Before we begin, just it will be useful to know who here has seen this production of Follies? Plenty of you. <laughs> Aren't we lucky? Who hasn't yet seen Follies? Just a few of you. Are you going to be able to see it? <coughs> Excellent. You're in for a real treat. Um, perhaps we could just start by both of you giving us your take on what this remarkable piece of theatre is all about.
1: Well, it's uh, when we were rehearsing it, I got gloomier and gloomier because it's really not not an entirely happy uh, story, uh, and it's fearless. It it's, it exposes human frailty with no no, no no, holds barred. Um, which I, I, I took a long time to, to really adjust myself to because I'm used to playing tragedies in big strokes in the, in the opera world. And this is... Well, as it's unrelenting, actually. Um, but it's wonderful because it's, it, the, the dialogue is totally brilliant and the music... Lightens sometimes, eh, emphasizes the emotions in other ways. It's a totally sparkling, wonderful, real look at people. So beautifully put. We'll be coming back to that
0: idea of the real look at people. But Tracy, just give us your take on Follies and what it's all about.
2: Well. Sometimes God, for one, to a lot of us. It's good that we've just established that from yeah. the outset. Yeah. <laughs> so whatever he does, right. <coughs> um, Follies. It's kind of a study on the frailties. Again, I mean, I'll, I have to repeat what Joe says in the main because that's, that's it. It focuses on um, two couples. Uh, nostalgia, regret, the road you did or didn't take, um the coming to a reunion where you don't know how you're going to leave it so you know you come to this party to close a deal with yourself and maybe your future to get over the past and the past reaps its ugly head and and brings it to life at that point in time so a lot of the characters in it um leave differently than they started, for better or worse
0: fact, I can't think of a single character who leaves untouched the same as <laughs> that they began. It has been five stars all the way for this extraordinary production. But Follies, interestingly, wasn't always a surefire hit. It got seven Tony Awards and glowing reviews in the first season it opened in 1971. But the production lost its investment and Sondheim famously sat and sobbed in his dressing room uh, after that production. Uh, what do you think it says about Follies, that here we are, more than 45 years? later and it now has such an impact
1: well maybe we maybe we are more honest I hope we are um, that we're more prepared to possibly people came and thought that this was going to be an enchanting fun evening in the theatre and and as both of us have said it it's it's it pulls no punches um, and so maybe that was part of it I don't know I wasn't there
2: It's also timing as well, isn't it? Because I remember um, just um, doing Merrily We Roll Along, and that was a European premiere after they did it in America. And it it wasn't trendy then, if you know what I mean, in parentheses. Yeah, uh, we did it in Manchester, so there was a Sondheim Society there and a community there who loved Sondheim. But it wasn't trendy, really, was it? sondheim in the same way that it kind of became but that's too crass to say almost i'm not saying he's ahead of his time or whatever but the he stuck to his guns on not being commercial Mm. so it wasn't like happy-go-lucky hen night party kind of stuff he did it was always, why are you laughing? <laughs> it it's was a very always, knowing laugh of a male that yeah, can on the headlight. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? It, it, was all, it was always about the human being and the nature of us all and what we all went through,
0: regardless of, you know, whatever path that took. And I suppose because of his achievements, we now take for granted that musical theatre can address those things. But for, of course, for so many years, yeah. musical theatre had been full of ciphers. It wasn't filled with actual human beings tearing themselves apart. Well, Rogers and Hammerstein,
2: I think, you know, they were close. Yeah. they were brilliant. I think they probably changed things um, with Carousel. It was uh, mm. a sexual, abu- um, sexual abuse, not sexual abuse. abuse. Domestic abuse. Sorry. Yeah, thanks. Um, you know, and the, these issues were being raised subtly, albeit. Mm. Um, and and obviously, Sundaram was a big advocate of that and took that over. And he was highly influenced by. Highly. Rogers and and he, he
1: clearly cares. Cares about human beings. Mm. It's all. It's it's all there in the. Yeah, in and the in the piece. He cares. Women. He still cares. He came for the first night here. Yeah. Did he, he? Cares about the peace where the... You know, I take it he
0: wasn't sobbing in the dressing room afterwards. <laughs> I don't
1: know what he did. Afterwards. Did you see him? Afterwards? <laughs> he must have been
0: delighted. No, it's interesting. You talk about Hammerstein. He he once famously said, if Oscar had been a geologist, he would have been a geologist. Such was his admiration for that man. Yeah, quite rightly. <laughs> Josephine, you have of course sung your way around the world's leading opera house stages alongside such. Luminaries as Domingo and Luciano Pavarotti. *Follies*, so though, amazingly, marks your debut in the straight theatre.
1: What, what did you say? What did made me? Did did it, This marks your debut, didn't yeah, yeah, it? Yeah, Was yeah, it? absolutely, yes. Um, uh, Worth the wait? Yes. It's 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 been huge fun. I'm I, I uh, yeah. I've been I've been singing for 53 years, um. Um, which is uh, no no no. no. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, but. You know, I had never, ever, ever been on the, the straight theater stage, and here, and this was an opportunity, and I thought, I must do it. I'd love to do that." And it's been a revelation. I, I, the, the way pieces are prepared in the two different media, as it were, of opera and straight theater, is it's obviously it's similar, because we're preparing a, a, a musical performance. But the actual detail um, and the work that goes in from the actors and actresses, I have to say, is heavier <laughs> and longer and more, uh, more intricate than we can do in the opera world. It, the, 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 the difference is that we do an opera maybe three times a week. And the reason for that is that we can't, Physically, because singing a main role in an opera is such a huge effort, physical effort, you can't repeat that eight times a week, which people do here. But the stress of doing eight, pe- eight performances a week for people like Tracy, for the, 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 the central four figures, I'm amazed at how they do it. Absolutely amazed.
2: <laughs> at my age, yeah. She's brilliant. And you don't She's absolutely
1: brilliant. Shout
2: up. She certainly is.
0: <laughs> Uh, It's uh, one of the great criticisms that's often levelled at opera singers is that they're not very good actors, that you can sort of, not you, but that that they can, as a a general class, kind of get away with the park and barks thing. Uh, You definitely can't get away with parking and barking on the Olivia stage.
1: No, absolutely not, no. Um, uh, But it is even actually that is a trend that is growing in in opera. I, w- I was very active in, at the ENO in the 1980s, uh, when there was a big emphasis on performance, um, and there's much more, perf- much more emphasis on people looking like the characters and being, being young, if they're supposed to be young, etc., etc, in the opera world than, than they used to be. Uh, you used to be able to turn up, and if you could sing the notes, um, you could stand where you liked and sing them. But that, that, that period has gone. Absolutely, and thank God for that.
0: And you've worked with directors like Philip Lloyd and Deborah Warner on the opera stage. You know, wonderful theatrical directors in their own yeah. right.
1: Yes, but and loved it. And yeah. Is but. it fair to say that the theatre was, in fact, your first love? It's absolutely true. I, I, um, in my around 15, 14, 15 years old, I used to come. We lived at Cockfosters, which is at the end of the Piccadilly line, and I used to come more than once a week two or three times a week to the Old Vic I was hopelessly in love with John Neville who was playing Hamlet and (laughs) Richard Burton who extraordinary things were going on and I I just was totally entranced by it Um, always thought that it wasn't quite what I was going to do and here I am doing it actually. You are very close to the old Vic. So. Did you used to
0: hang around the stage door? Were you were absolutely groupie.
1: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I didn't dare say anything. I was one of those little girls that had, you know, keeping back, but looking.
0: Josephine's mentioned that this was an opportunity that she obviously couldn't refuse, couldn't turn down. Tracy, how did you get to Follies? What What does this production mean? You well,
2: before I do that, may I have your permission to just say one more thing about Dame Joe? Honest to God, we used to start at 10 every day, so you'd have to be there about 20 to 10 or something, coffee, chat, blah on the dot, five to 10, all day, every day, and you live what two and a half hours away or something, (laughs) every day, two and a half hours in, and sometimes. Maybe she might not have been used till five o'clock in the afternoon. And then she'd go home another two and a half hours. So we don't say, oh, we're tired. <laughs>
0: <laughs> not once. No, everything was fabulous.
2: <laughs> she'd be there waiting. So good for you.
0: I feel like That's another that.
1: round of applause might be. Uh, right.
2: <laughs> Absolutely amazing.
1: I was uphold- I, I was absolutely determined when I came here that I, no one was going to say, "Oh well, of course that's opera." You know? I know what you <laughs> said. That's how they behave in opera. I was going to be here all the yeah. time. No devering. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is the diva thing a bit
0: of a, uh, does it the still exist? Can you get away with it
1: anymore? No, no, no. Again, there not are no you, divas. obviously, but... No, really, there are no divas. I, I, I have another life where I breed Arabian horses. I can tell you that the, the divas in the Arabian horse world are legion, but in the opera <laughs> and the theatre world, forget it. We haven't got, we aren't allowed. No. We haven't got time either. Tracy, tell us about you
0: and Follies. How did you get here? What was, the, was this always going to be a delicious, uh, something you couldn't possibly turn down? <laughs> it always tempt you? Well, the truth is, um, and I'm trying to desperately think
2: of the year. It was 87, yeah, because I auditioned for Young Sally really? at the Sharsby Avenue Theatre. And um, <laughs> it was snowing. Do you remember Crank's Restaurant? Yeah. <laughs> on, on near Carnaby Street? Well I went in there for a carob juice and I'm not vegetarian so I <laughs> it was just carob so I thought well I'll have that because I didn't know what it was and and I was traveling up to Manchester to see my mum after the audition and I saw this guy coming in and it was freezing snow literally outside and stuck and it was like that so we were all treading carefully and I had this long coat on and I was sitting over here and all all the kind of clientele were nuns. They must have had a convention of nuns or something. I don't know what was going on. And I saw this guy coming in, because you observe, people watch, and he took his coat off, and that was quite long, and he put it over my suitcase. So instantly, I'm shackling, and very brilliantly, he was in the queue, and he just went like this and started walking off. All right. Well, I flew over the nuns. <laughs> like batman or something with this big long coat on the nuns went flying and i grabbed him just as he went outside you know they say this strength comes upon you if you're in danger and i pulled him back and he's battering me seriously and was scrapping away because nobody takes my christmas presents and my passport and my contact lenses and my new dress because i'm a northerner and i've worked very hard for that so all the christmas presents are in there and he's dragging me down and he's on top of me and he's elbowing me, my face was all over the place and nobody helped, of course, everybody just kept walking past like this. Blood everywhere. Finally, he wriggled out of his scarf and his coat, he went, oh, have your bloody bag then, and ran off. So I thought, oh, good, hurt a bit, that was it. Meanwhile, everybody's horrified. So, cut a long story long. (laughs) The police came, horrified again, and I said, I've got this audition for some time, it was the final. So they had to escort me because I had to give this statement. Because I'd got his coat and I'd got his scarf, and it was in the side of the wings. And the policemen were loving it. Oh, we're going to an audition, you know. <laughs> and they went, Miss Bennett, you might want to wipe your face a bit. And as I'm going on, I said, Why? And I turned round like that, and the whole auditorium. I think there's about ten people auditioning, you know, Cameron and all those. And my face was like this. <laughs> my <laughs> earrings were ripped out, but my lips were splitting. And it was getting a bit painful. Now I'm not saying I would have got it. (laughs) (laughs) But I definitely didn't get it that time. (laughs) And needless to say, you know, at the end, Sondheim went, Your pianist is very handsome. And I thought, I haven't got it, so that's fine. (laughs) So that was that experience of that so. Another tiny little thing is, when I was 18 at school, I'm a piano player, whatever, and I heard our, t- our teacher just doing the introduction for I'm Still Here. And I went, what's that? And he said, oh, it's this number. And it meant a lot to me even then, so I've never sang it ever, not for a charity, not, and I've been asked. But it, I kind of understood it then because of whatever, And it was about the industry, but it's about life, and it's about self-coming-over-stuff-yourself. Not being too maudling, but a tiny bit painful. So I didn't... It it really meant a lot to me. To the point where, when they called me in to audition for this, I didn't kind of want to sing it, but I knew I had to. And it was the first time I'd ever sung it by the piano with Nick Skilbeck and um, Dominic, you know, caught brilliant director, and Nick's fabulous, and Bill Diemer, our choreographer. And I almost didn't want to do it because it was tempting fate. You know what I mean? So I did it and got a bit kind of, and, and that was that really.
0: I bet that was that. I think, they, I think they knew then that there was going to be no comments about your pianist at that point. I'm so glad I asked that question because I had absolutely no idea of the backdrop to that. I think yeah, sure say, that was a bit yeah, long, was it? Yeah, my agent just called and said it was an offer and no, then here we are. No, it was all that
2: going on so oh, I brought all that to it and, and, and I feel like it's been released
0: somehow, like a really big bucket list tick. Yeah, I mean, I want to come back to, to that but just first, I mean, it's, this is As you can see, those of you who haven't yet seen this extraordinary thing, uh, it is such a lavish, such an artistically ambitious production. And I wonder if the two of you could take us back to the beginning. You know, you mentioned 1987. We haven't seen it in the UK since that West End production. How did Dominic Cook approach it? Take us back to the rehearsal room. How does it all come together, a show like this?
1: Well, he he was... right from the beginning insistent on, it, on on it being honest and true i mean that, that it came he was constantly saying we did lots of exercises and but when we started on the text he was constantly saying you know where have you come from who are you what, what's in your mind all all, all that it, right from the beginning he wanted it to just grow out of us as a team and using our experience, which is obviously how theater works um, and the process was just a growing one. It just grew all the time. He was enormously detailed, enormously careful, I think he's a wonderful director mm.
2: oh he's amazing, and um, yeah, like you said, the backstories and um, and the trust things and throwing the ball into Taking the baton over from each other and and bringing energy onto every time you ke- you did a different scene to progress the scenes forward and very gently raising our ball game as we all do you know and when you do a backstory like that I usually do anyway wh- when I do stuff um, uh, unless they they were living and and a real person if you like uh, but he trusted us with that backstory and you you. You hold that dear. I mean, we've got a younger version of us, as you know. So me and wonderful little Emily Langham, you know, we had to kind of make sure that we were from the same bedroom when we were little, <laughs> wherever we were from, you know, and, and what that backstory was, so that we were both on the same page. And, and she would tell me and then I would tell her and we'd imagine together and create together. And Dominic would, would say, you don't have to tell me, you don't have to tell anybody. Um, and so we didn't, none of us did. Mm, wow. that That's our secret. But but then you can maintain that therefore, mm. um, which, which is important, the maintenance, out how to run just as much as it is to to create for the first night. You know, you have to keep working on stuff and, and hold it in the reins.
0: The show is obsessed with duality in a way. It has yeah. this preoccupation with, the doubleness, and that's, of course, built into the Sondheim uh, and Goulburn concept. But I just found it extraordinary that, you know, we as audience members, we're witness to this grand reunion of the veteran follies uh, showgirls in this Broadway theatre on the verge of demolition. Uh, And in the background, for those of you who haven't seen it, we always see these fabulous ostrich plumed ghosts of the younger selves. But what I found most powerful uh, was not so much the intermingling of past and present, which is a dramatic trope that we do see elsewhere, but it's the, the fact that the interactions are a two-way process, that it's not just the older generation of Follies Girls looking back, but it's the, your, your younger iterations looking forward as oh, well. Oh, they're all marvellous, aren't and they? And it's so yeah. moving, it's so unbelievably, well, fearless and mm. relentless, as
2: you say. And to imagine them to look at us... What we've turned into, <laughs>
1: what they've turned into, what, 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 what they into. have turned into, yeah, yeah.
2: or not? It, 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 they work harder than we do, I think, and they're debatable, but well, very humble know, of you to say. You know, it, 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 I'm really pleased that that they're there, yeah, to do that because it, it is hard,
0: and. Because you're all, as characters, haunted by the ghosts of your past who were there in present, I just would love to talk to you, uh, Tracy in particular, I mean, let's, let's talk about I'm Still Here. That gave me goosebumps when you said that you hadn't dared sing it sort of oh since no. you were oh. 10, oh. and then this absolutely socking great performance, which one critic said justified the price of admission alone, and I'm sure everyone <laughs> in this <laughs> room <agrees with> that. <laughs> it becomes so much more than it's, could be than it needs to be and you begin very anecdotally you begin with this sort of you're sitting down you're you're recapitulating your career to your old colleagues you even make this beautiful fingertip contact with one of them as you're recalling how you sang the blues and gradually you break free in this phenomenal burst of defiance and tenacity and all the time you're watched by your younger self and it's just a breathtaking moment of theater oh, um, geez. tell me how you uh, <laughs> it's all right love <laughs> uh, tell me how how did you how did you approach this this song, which is just it's you know it's it's a sort of become a real standard, hasn't it? It's been p- appropriated by everyone from Barbara Streisand to Sammy Davis Jr. The big, big shoes to fill, but you're utterly, it's utterly yours. I can't now imagine oh. that oh. song in any other rendition but yours. Well, thanks
2: very much. It, it, it I suppose I've had all those years to <laughs> <laughs> to get <laughs> it <laughs> 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 right. <laughs> yeah. Well, to live a life, then, you know, if you don't live your life as, as a human being, me, particularly me, then I can't play a person. So, this is hard to say, and, and I have to un- hope you understand it, but when I've seen full is I saw the Withenshaw version in 1985, and, and all over the world I've caught it somewhere, because I wanted to. And it's a weird thing that I knew I'd do it one day. And, and it's not even because I do what I do for a living and one day I'll get older and I'll be in follies. I just knew, mm. and I just knew it was going to be that, and I can't explain that. And, and, and so w- that's an enormous pressure already for me, for myself. Mm. I said to Dominic when we started rehearsals, can I do this a bit dark and painful? And he went, how dark, how painful. <laughs> and I went, well, you've got to think of the era as well. You've got to wipe today, and it's 1971. So I always go back to the political backdrop of something. Well, a lot of actors do, and we should. So you have to think, OK, it's 1971. You've got to, you've got, it's Nixon, you know. You, you've got to do all that. And, OK, where's she born? and and, and what she must have been through, and she was, she was a folly girl, she was picked from the chorus to be a, a movie star. What does that mean? Who are her contemporaries? Did, you know same era when Judy Garland died at sixty nine They must have had the same you know dress sense and, and joan, it was written about joan crawford 's career allegedly said sometime somewhere. I hope that 's right because I mean you read things and you don 't know do you so So this was on my mind, so I said to him, she must have had a lot of people going against her, putting her in a certain position or treating her well and then not treating her so well, which is in the song. Mm-hmm. But it's not just Carlotta. It must have been a lot of people and it still is. So I felt a bit rightly or wrongly responsible to 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 mean that mm. as best I could. I mean, I'm still working on it every now and again. I'm like, you know, I, I me and dominic talked about the moves and 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 what it meant to her without being self-pitying or self-indulgent and that and that's kind of tricky line to do so it's the most terrifying thing every every night and it's after the tap dance as well so i can't recover hardly (laughs) i'm still going "Ah, And I'm at the back, going good times and mum times. I was in oh my dear. I'm still here, and you're, you know, it's non-sequiturs half the time. And it, it, it it's oh, sorry. <laughs> and so it's really making me disciplined more than I've ever been. It, it's easier to be on stage fully for two and a half hours, full on, doing a massive role, than it is to do that. Mm. And I, again, I can't work out if I'm making it under pressure because of all these people doing it. And yes, it's triumphant and happy and bit angry and a bit this, but i 've always felt it was darker and, and it 's hard to get over and, and if she 's a bit dolly, if you know what I mean, what did that mean? You fight it. Willie Russell, the playwright right he 's a friend of mine, and ages ago he said he said something nice whereby like I might have been a good Shirley Valentine, but I was too young and an educating reader I actually did, but he said it it's funny, Tracy, because you, you won't get natural sympathy because you are a bit dolly. And I didn't know what he meant. Do you know what that means? No? <laughs> right, so, so if, if, if you're kind of all movie-starred up, the sympathy is not the same, mm-hmm. because in history, you're meant to be a winner if you're... And I've done research about, you know, classrooms. I used to get chalk thrown at me because I had a bit of a personality. But, but the beautiful, pretty ones... It's like they also did a, a criminal thing. They had ten criminals, ten criminals. They, they face-changed all these with plastic surgery and they never did a criminal act again, whereas these all did. You know what I'm trying to say? So if you're a bit like Dolly, you don't get sympathy. Mm. I don't know if Willie's right with that, but it's always stuck in my mind. Maybe Carl Atter had to battle a bit more because you... Maybe Elizabeth Taylor did. Maybe, maybe they all did, mm-hmm. Back, you know, against their looks. And this I can only imagine because clearly I'm not a movie star. To be taken seriously. To be taken seriously. seriously because you look like everything came to you easily. Well, that's what Willie must have meant, I think.
0: Yeah.
2: Uh, and so I had to think about all that as well. So you sit there analysing at home, and you might overload yourself. So then you have to kind of simplify it, and that's what the director's for, and, and whoever you're working with is for, to, to push yourself as much as you can to make sense of something, and then, and then try and enjoy it.
0: Have you got to a point where you do enjoy it? No. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you've got eight performances <laughs> this week alone to get through, and then that's... The no, I, January.
2: I, I do enjoy it. You know you, you know, you do it for the audience, not for yourself, and, and I <laughs> hope that they get some semblance of all that from it.
0: I think I speak on behalf of all of the Follies audiences when I say we're getting a lot out of it, so thank you. Well, thanks. <clears throat> Josephine, we get so much out of your... Wonderful performance as well. Tell us about Heidi Schiller. She's this sort of glorious throwback to old Vienna. What drew you, apart from the fact that you wanted to, to be in the theatre, what drew you to this part and to her in particular?
1: Well, um, she's, she's slightly older than me, um, <laughs> which is rare. Um, but uh, it, it's a, it's a, I, she gets one of the loveliest tunes in the piece. It's very short, but it... Um, What made me decide to do the piece, to give this a go, was meeting Dominic and me saying to him, "Um, you know, I don't know why she comes to the reunion. Um, Why would she, after all this time, she was there in 1918, she's in her 80s, why does she come? And he said, because i had in fact i had just been to a reunion of um my university and um the, the i always think you know why are we all here why what, because the big gap of time um between when one was young and when now one, 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 in ad, advanced years um i don't quite know why we all feel that we have to get together again But anyway, Dominic, when I raised this, Dominic said, I think she's dying. And I thought, oh, I see, that's really interesting. And it was that made me want to do it. Mm. Um, And I spend a lot of time on my own in the piece, wandering around um, on my own. The character is on her own. And what I'm trying to do is come to terms with leaving life, mm. which is actually not quite the same as the other people. Mm. They're, they're coming to terms with where they are. I'm coming to terms, trying to come, trying to think of coming to terms with actually saying goodbye. Clever whether, whether any of that comes up, I don't <laughs> know. No, it
0: does. <laughs> It absolutely does. Clever guy, Dominic Cook, isn't he? Oh, very, amazing. very clever. I'm intrigued by the fact that he reverts to the original structure in this production, the 1971 um, original, ditching the sort of rather more slightly more optimistic conclusion that some critics described as marring the 1987 West End production. Uh, could you tell us about that? Did he talk about that, why he, why he restored the original?
1: Do you know? It's more honest, isn't it? Mm. Don't you think?
2: Well, there are a lot of uh, scripts, aren't there, With over the amalgams, amalgamation of everything. Mm. I, I don't know the other scripts intently enough to, to speak on that. Um, but I, I trust Dominic's intellect, obviously. And, and actually, it's about Sondheim as well. I mean, he, he wrote it without an interval. And everything we do is because, Obviously, their chats between both of them, over time, the pre-production, if you like, were were about what they both wanted to do. And yes, it, it's more it's more honest, I suppose.
1: It seems to me to be more honest.
2: It's economical. I mean, the it's very filmic in its economy. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of padding at all, is there? No. So you kind of have to get it sorted in those little vignette scenes that you have. It's a lonely gig for all of us, I think. Not the central core couple, but I only do stuff with Philip, if you like. I touch on other people, but it's quite a lonely track, Mm. uh, character wise. Um, So you have to hit it on those little paragraphs of dialogue and hopefully, get your character across with the way we're dressed. I mean, Vicky's designs, aren't they just fabulous? Oh,
0: shall we just talk about those yes, for please, a minute? because a, I mean, what
2: lighting and everything.
0: What is quite remarkable is that it manages to entirely avoid nostalgia. You know, it's pastiche rich, it's this pee to old Broadway, to the vanished glamour of the Siegfeld Follies era. And it's so subtle, at no point does it kind of well you said it's not self-indulgent it's not nostalgic it's sort of it manages to hit this well, I was going to say sweet spot I suppose I mean bittersweet spot because it is well there's quite,
2: kind of some nostalgia though isn't it's there, nostalgia first, but it's not, it never cloying into, it's sort of yeah, it, it's very yeah. clever
0: the way and and I and I found uh, so the, the the in in its entirety as a production the designs and the choreography we can talk about in a moment but I mean what what's it like to to be in this stage, in this production. I mean, it's it's a marvellous thing, isn't it? It's wonderful. It's
2: a hard theatre to work, actually, because, I mean, you know, the old techniques come along and and you kind of have to swoop around. <laughs> you are miked, but at the same time, you can't mike nothing. So you have to project and, and do diction stuff, but you, <coughs> y, 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 you learn like any... This is not necessarily thrust. Sheffield's a thrust. So all, all the, thi- you know, you have to horseshoe thrust when you're talking in Sheffield and, or do diagonals and stuff. That's the technical bit. But it's very, very high back there, isn't it?
1: It's cold, too. It's
2: very cold. <laughs> We're like this at the side of the stage. Uh, and you can hear that, you can feel the draft now, can't you? Yeah. Um, and so you have to be very technical in order to get things across. Um, and the set is mammoth. Sometimes, I mean, the crew here are amazing. Everybody's amazing. Yeah, I love working here. It's, oh.
1: it's a fantastic team. It's
2: a fantastic
0: team. You're and a bit yeah. spoilt now. Your debut <laughs> theatrical for, first foray into the theatre is this production. Well, yeah, <laughs> it might be all downhill from now on. At the
1: end of Sampira, rather.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and it's amazing, actually, having your lunch. You know, you start a job in a season and you end up usually finishing it in another season. And how wonderful to skip over the bridge mm. to work, which I do a lot. I do skip to work and I do and um, I don't skip home on Thai when I go home um, and you can have your lunch overlooking the river and it just there's some serenity about it isn't it
1: it's incredibly beautiful well I, I, I come to Blackfriars uh, and walk along the river and it is so beautiful yeah it's very cold often um, but it's there, it, there's something different happening all the time there's so much energy in the in here this area. yeah
2: and to be fair, the crews, usually in Britain, because I've toured around a lot, they're fabulous. Crews are fabulous, mm-hmm. musicians are fabulous, and I love them all. Um, but sometimes, back to the thing is, it, it, somebody new might push a truck on a bit closer than you're used to. For instance, the other night, when we were all coming down before I'm Still Here, we couldn't... We <laughs> I couldn't get out. So rather than be like this and be unseemly with the dress on and the shoes, I had to change my position, which I thought, well, I don't know where the lighting is now. Instead of coming on backwards with the team like this, I had to cross over to the other side, step up, and then kind of snidily step back down again to come out. And all this is going on without people knowing, but...
0: So so things like that happen. And of course, we're human beings, things go wrong. Um, I feel like that could almost be a tagline to the piece. We're human beings, things go wrong. (laughs) Um, I I have to say, you talked about it being a lonely production in some ways for you. I I can't remember the last time I sat in a theatre with so many people and felt this collective ache about what it is to be human. And one critic said, above all, the show connects at a powerful level. You understand what Sondheim is saying, why it matters. Through an arcane framework, he gets to the heart of the hauntings that stalk us all as life goes by. Coulda, shoulda, oughta. The people we once were or could have been, the roads travelled, the turnings missed. And if ever there were a reminder of why theatre matters, of why what you do matters, that connection with your fellow human beings, I mean, again, I feel in a rather mushy way, and I apologise, very hormonal at the moment. Um, maybe, you know, I just feel this immense gratitude, because for me it's an intensely empathetic show that doesn't sugarcoat anything, no. and the loneliness that you felt, and I went with a friend who's having rather difficulties in her married life, and she just clutched me at one point and said, I can't believe you brought me to this. <laughs> But thank you, and I thought, yeah, that's it, isn't there? I mean, could you talk about the kind of emotional heart of this piece? It must be eviscerating to do night after night.
1: I guess. And yet a- redemptive? Mm-hmm, sorry? And yet redemptive at the same time? Yeah, well, th- the, the, the theatre is about cathart- cathart- being a, having a cathartic experience, isn't mm-hmm. it? And, and it certainly releases... Um, I've, uh, the people that I've seen after the performance, many of them have been in tears for quite a substantial length of the time, which I didn't expect at all. But, um, and, and f- we have a, a similar release, I think. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm, I only play a really small role, but you've already spoken, Tracy, about the release that it's given you. Well,
2: sometimes in, in real life, if you like, you in the past, for me, I do wake up, and, and I live all over the place, and we tour all over the place, and sometimes I'm on a beach, in a beautiful environment, on my own, and I go... If, and I, I hate hypotheticals, I'm not the type, you know, if Smith. The fact is, you've done that, so crack on. But... <laughs> sorry. but. Uh, I go, if that didn't happen, I might have been somewhere else completely, but then you can slash your wrist with it all, Mm -hmm. because you can carry on thinking that. If only I did that, then this. We have chosen, I I did personally, I did choose that, so I have to take responsibility for that choice. So I can't maudlin go back for me, because that doesn't help me. A, a, A few friends of mine do do that a lot, and they do live in the past a lot, and they can't get out. And it's very hard to sit opposite them over the years I've known them. And it, who am I to change their mindset? You know, and, and as a human being, just because I've managed not to do that, then how can I tell them to do that? And I gently try and go, yeah, but you're here, and you're still here, and to quote my song. <laughs> But it, And it's not just about follies, is it? It's just about everybody in life and what you choose to do. It, it, regrets, what, what are they? I mean, I, I've, you know, when people say, oh, I can't regret anything, I do have a few. But I was young and daft. And hopefully I'm old and daft. And I'll always be daft. But I try and have my fundamental values that, that my mum and dad taught me. And, that, and that's all I
0: can deal with, really. I feel like, you know, the lives of that. F- Central Four Quartet could have been so different if they'd just had a chat with you with their (laughs) their younger
1: selves.
0: (laughs) Uh, He is a word setter extraordinaire. His lyrics are sad, entertaining, sentimental, truthful. They sort of manage to be everything at once. And then, of course, there is his music, which is as nuanced and as complicated and as complex as the lives that it describes. As a musician, I am always dumbstruck by what Sondheim can do. You said he's God, I agree, but I'm bloody glad that I don't have to ever sing it, which (laughs) no one would want to. uh, That would not be worth the price of admission alone. How fiendishly difficult is it to inhabit a Sondheim work? Or is his genius actually that it is... Easier than it sounds. I mean, I, that's a difficult question because, in some ways, you you make light work of it no, as I well. I mean. But do you know what I mean? It mm. it,
1: it is good it is so intelligent. It is so clever, and it is that's difficult. Yes, <laughs> that, the, the overriding thing is intelligence, isn't it? I mean, it sort of sparks out of out of the words and uh, the music and the whole experience. Um, well. I mean, my my number is really simple, really simple. For
2: you, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> <what I> mean. <laughs> but, <laughs> but but no, but <laughs> music, Dave <Josephine> musically,
1: <laughs> in, musically in comparison with yours, it's it's simple. It's a simple, oh. simple tune. Um, but um, the impact of it. I mean, I I one can play anything, anyway. I mean, there are so many different ways of playing things. Um, But Dominic was constantly saying to me, as I'm sure he was to everyone else, give more, give more, give more, give more, give it, you know. And to have the permission to do that is great, because that's who we are. We want to to invest what we're saying with as much of ourselves and (laughs) our lives as possible. That's that's kind of our job. Um, And Dominic gave permission for us all to go there. I, you're looking I, doubtful? I, no,
2: I'm deeply in thought. Dominic said the opposite to me. He was like, shut up, you two, like, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I have to be stiller and I have to pull back more because it's very demonstrative. Carlotta's bigger than most. Mm. And uh, Carlotta's very interesting because on the surface, she, she's used to dealing with all this party stuff and cameras and hello, everybody, and all that. But underneath, when when that section comes, it's reflective. And that's when a veneer drops, if you like. So you have to be quite brave in playing those roles because it looks like you're bad acting if you're not careful because you're veneering stuff. Mm. You're covering stuff up and smiling too much a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Mm. So. I have to be very brave and going, what's she doing? She's big to wait for that moment when it's when it's not. So back to the thing about Sondheim, they're very actor friendly. I I mean, don't shout. I don't think of myself as a singer. I know where the notes are meant to be. I've got some lungs somewhere, but but because I'm a musician, I understand the chromatic or the augmented and diminished and all that. I, I, I understand music. But, but you know, uh, my standard is higher than my ability, vocally. I mean, listen to my depth, Nonsense. I, you know. nonsense. nonsense. Yeah, we're you, not just going to sit there and no. take that. No, I'm so I'm not, It's not false nonsense. <laughs> oh, for me, you know, all my friends are proper singers, I say. Like, like John Owen Jones, you know, that kind of voice that's just this beautiful instrument that, you know, that I grew up with that lot um, and, 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 and phantoms of the operas and that type. So anyway, so for me, sometimes. It's always an extension of the story, It's all, uh, of the character. It's always pushing the story forward. <coughs> and so it's a delight for any actor to, to be able to act rather than... You know, I never listen to what I sound like because I, I don't like it. Um, and it puts me off. So, so you, can, you can really relish, for me anyway, the, those characters and just let rip. Because you mean what you're saying. Mm. Well, one would hope. You know what I'm saying?
1: Absolutely. It's jolly well cast as well. It is jolly well cast. uh, I mean, there's no one who isn't right for that role. That's true,
2: actually. Well, it It took him a year, didn't it? Pardon? It took Dominic a year.
1: Did it? I didn't know that. But uh, I'm constantly thinking, oh, wow, how clever. I honestly can't remember the
0: last time I saw an ensemble that was as beautifully cast as this one and yeah. there's 37 of you on the stage yeah. so it's no and mean everybody defeat. has to match up and everybody has yeah. to match up it's and they really do difficult. so beautifully and give a very warm round of applause to our two fantastic <laughs> happy stars Christmas.
2: happy new year <laughs>